Coming up on today's Locked On Dodgers, a mailbag episode. We took your guys' questions since the Dodgers didn't play yesterday and no ground was gained or lost. So let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen, which is available free on wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked On Dodgers. This is a daily podcast covering the World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Ravine Beans, and I'll be rolling uh, solo today as Jeff, uh, you know, I, he's been rolling solo, so I gave him a, de- a night off. Uh, Dodgers had a night off, Jeff had a night off, and we're going to roll solo here today, answering your questions from the mailbag. Uh, but before that, just another quick reminder to subscribe or follow Locked On Dodgers on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. There was no news on the Dodgers front. Uh, there was a little news in regards to their NL West rival and potential NLDS opponent. Uh, Brandon Belt, who got hurt in Sunday's game when he squared around to bunt, it was announced that he had a fractured thumb, so he'll be out for a significant time. Uh, that's on top of Darren Ruff, who's already been out with an oblique strain or whatever. And, uh, yeah, a blow to them a little bit. Uh, Lamont Wade Jr. is very scary, and he'll probably start playing first base now instead of outfield, and they'll just rotate someone into the outfield. So they might lose a little. Obviously, they'll, they'll lose a little bit. Uh, you know, Brandon Bell's having a pretty good year, but I don't think it'll affect them too, too much, but uh, that remains to be seen, at least not for the regular season. In a postseason series, it could affect them a little more, especially since the Dodgers have a couple right-handers. But, you know... Uh, injuries happen, and we're, we're sorry to hear that about Brandon Belt. Uh, but this is Dodgers podcast, so let's get back onto the topic of the Dodgers. The Dodgers uh, reminder are two games back with six to play, and are going to face the the Padres, who have essentially nothing to play for, but they definitely want to play spoiler to the Dodgers. So we'll see how how they play here the next three days. Uh, the last six games at Dodger Stadium. Before a potential wild card game that will be at Dodger Stadium next week, uh, it's crazy. We're, we're in the last week of the season, and it went really fast. It also went really slow at times, and I know there was a lot that happened. Uh, but at the end of the day, Dodgers are, will win over 100 games, and we'll just see if that's enough to win the NL West, or if we're going to be facing the Cardinals in the wild card game. The Cardinals haven't clinched that spot in the wild card game uh yet but it's basically i think they're like four or five games up with six to play so all but a lock uh just across the board in mlb uh most of the playoff spots are are locked up or or essentially locked up the only really race the only real races there are are the nl west the the nl east and then the al wild card could potentially end in a five five way tie um although i don't think it's going to happen because the a's aren't playing well and they need to win the rest of the way i think in order for that to happen so 
but it's still getting in a three or four way tie. So uh, let's root for that. Root for chaos at least, uh, and, and let that happen. Uh, but like I said, Dodgers off yesterday, so we put out a call for questions. You guys once again delivered and gave us a handful of really good questions to to talk about. Uh, so that's what I'm going to get into. I'm going to start with one uh, that talks about Walker Buehler and Julio Urias from our buddy Blue Goon 82 He says, who are you more worried about, Buehler or Julio? Buehler hasn't been as sharp in his last couple starts. And Julio's velocity has been down. Uh, I guess if I had to pick, I would say I'm more worried about Bueller since he hasn't been able to perform as well. Julio's velocity being down slightly concerning, um, but also he's been been able to be effective uh, in his last three starts. Wasn't the best three starts that he's had all year, but he was still able to be effective. <clears throat> Him, you know, he relies on a changeup. He relies on some off speed. The fastball is obviously beneficial when it, when it's going 95 instead of maybe 93, but he can still get by. Um, the other part is, I think in a, in a postseason atmosphere, postseason, it, it, you'll get a little more amped up. You know, you'll get a little more adrenaline. You'll be able to maybe get those that velocity back to where you were throughout the whole season and. I don't think it's too concerning that it's a little, you know, a couple ticks down right now. He, he's obviously thrown the most innings he's ever thrown in his career, and it's there's a lot going on. But uh, I, I'm I'm comfortable with Julio. Like I said, he's still been able to be effective, and you know, depending how things go in the postseason, Julio could find himself in a similar role as he was last year, where he's throwing you know five innings or so. In his start, but also available to throw a couple innings here and there, and in that sense, you would think, in a in a reduced role or reduced capacity, that he he could ramp it up, uh, since he knows he's only going one inning or two innings, whatever the case is. When it comes to Bueller, you know, I'm not concerned because from everything we've seen from Walker Bueller, minus one start in his postseason career, uh, he's been the man. But it, it, it's, you know, obviously still slightly concerning just for the simple fact that all it takes is one bad start uh, for that to change. And, and when it comes to the Dodgers, when it comes to how things might shake out, yeah, they have Max Scherzer for the wild card game. And then you would assume Walker Buehler for game one of an NLDS. And if it doesn't go well, you know, you're down 0-1 NLDS, I, I think... The way it lines up, Scherzer wouldn't be able to throw until game three of the NODS. So then you're throwing Julio or Kershaw in game two, who are still good, but not your best. Uh, the thing is, it, it just depends. Because if they play the Giants, the Giants don't necessarily have a crazy number two starter. They have Kevin Gosman, who's been good uh, at times and hasn't been as good since the sticky stuff cracked down and hasn't been as good in the second half of the season. So Kevin Gausman against Julio or uh, Kevin Gausman against Julio or Kershaw isn't that much of a you know downgrade, I guess. But you also don't want to go down 0-2 in a five-game series. So, but um, um, until I see something in the postseason that that concerns me, I'm not too concerned about Bueller. He's also thrown the most innings ever in his career, and that's one thing that you would be would be concerned about. Uh, but it's Walker Bueller, and and honestly. I know that they're chasing the Giants, but everything that's been said and everything that, that they've talked about is just kind of how they're not worried about the Giants. They're worried about themselves. 
and you know that kind of stuff which could be lip service but i honestly think that they're not concerned about a wild card game as much as we are as fans i think they believe they're the better team and they should win anyways so you know and that if that's the case it's a little bit harder to get ramped up for a late september game than it would be for an october game that has implications if you lose you go home so since this, they've had the, the playoff spot locked up maybe that that could be a thing you know i'm not gonna put i'm not gonna project that on anyone but it i would imagine it's a lot easier to get up for an october postseason game than it is for a late september game when you're already kind of guaranteed a playoff spot uh if you consider the wild card game a playoff spot uh, but good question, and uh, we're going to take it to break right here. We're going to come back, answer a few more questions. want to make sure and thank you guys for making us your first listen every morning, and make sure to find us wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. We are available and free. All you got to do is search Locked on Dodgers. Hey, Dodger fans. This is Vince, and with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, Get Upside. Our listeners are making 25 cents for every gallon of guests every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code BASEBALL and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app and use promo code BASEBALL to get up to 50% per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two, three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code Baseball to get fifty percent or no to get fifty cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code Baseball for MLB on the GetUpside app. All right back and ready to answer more questions from you guys let's see what this next one let, let's stick on the julio and walker train and a question from at galen don't uh you know should julio or walker are they going to stay year to year uh, in their arbitration years who would be worth more who's going to command more and who's more likely to resign so last year Bueller signed a two-year deal worth eight million. So this year and next year, and then he's still going to have two more years after that before he's a free agent. Julio has two more seasons after this, and then he'll be a free agent. Uh, Julio is represented by the Boris Corporation, according to Spot Track, which means that Scott Boris is his agent, which means that he's likely to not sign an extension unless it's a significant extension. I can see the Dodgers trying to give him an extension here in the next year or so. You know, maybe buy out at least one year of, of his arbitration, throw him a little bit more guaranteed money, uh, but that remains to be seen. So I think. Just because he's a Boris guy, I'm, I'm going to say he's not likely to sign an extension. Whereas Walker Buehler, I mean, he already signed a two-year deal uh, in arbitration. You know, I don't know, maybe gave up a little money. It depends how, how he was going to kind of shake out. But took those two, you know, guaranteed $8 million, put in his pocket. And uh, then he'll have two more years to, to try to figure it out in terms of arbitration. The way he's going, you know, he'll be a, a top five Cy Young finisher this year, so that'll help in his arbitration case. He could get some big money. Uh, but, 
you know, Walker Buehler seems like a guy who likes to be a Dodger and, and wouldn't mind signing an extension. He doesn't seem like a guy who needs money and like, you know, is that all he's playing for? So maybe he, he would like to be comfortable in L.A. Maybe he likes the, uh, the coach, coaching staff, pitching, uh, you know, staff and, and wants to keep going here. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for the Dodgers is that they're, they're, they're built to win and they're built to continue to win. And that's 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 something that, that guys want to play for. They want to be in the race every year. They want to be in October every year. And uh, it could help out here in negotiations over the next few years for some of these guys. It's just going to depend, too, on, on the new CBA. If the new CBA incentivizes teams to actually spend money and win games, uh, then you could see some of these guys take that payday and go to a team that doesn't necessarily have a chance or they're not World Series contenders, but they might be playoff contenders or they might want to be playoff contenders uh, because the new CBA increases that. There's also the part of the new CBA where there's a salary floor, so teams will have to spend more, which means theoretically there will be more money to go around, which means that you know guys on the Dodgers uh, could, could chase money. But in terms of them, I would say Walker more likely to sign an extension or uh, buy out some arbitration years and, and, and add an extra year. Uh, but that's more so because the agent, um, if, if they both had Boris, I'd be like, oh, yeah, probably not going to happen for either of them. So we'll see what happens. Who's going to command more was the other part of this question. And as of now, I would say Walker Bueller would command more. Uh, but he also has – he's further away from, from being a free agent. And the, there's that could change. You know, Julio, while his ERA is not quite there – one nine, nine, 19 games win means you kept your team at least in decent shape for 19 games. Uh, ERA is not bad. I mean, he's hovering around three. He's closed out big games for the Dodgers last year, NLCS and World Series. So he has you know postseason accolades. He now has a full season of pitching under his belt in terms of starting pitching accolades. You know, he'll finish top five, seven, ten in, in Cy Young. So... He's no slouch. I just think right now Walker Bueller would command more if they both hit the open market after this season. Uh, Bueller would would for sure get more. Uh, in terms of who's more likely to resign, having zero insight into how Walker Bueller or Julio feel, I feel like they have an equal chance. You know, I feel like obviously Bueller's slightly ahead just for the simple fact of that I thought he might sign an extension. Uh, but I, you know, I gotta imagine Julio likes LA and and they've. You know, he's known, all he's ever known since he was 16 was the Dodgers and the Dodgers organization. And, you know, they found him. They brought him over here. They developed him. He came up as a 19-year-old. You know, he had the surgery and the struggles and worked his way back. He won a World Series here. You know, become a Cy Young candidate here. Uh, but, you know, does that really matter? You know, does it matter that he, he will have been in the organization 8 to 10 years by the time he's a free agent? I don't know. I would hope so. I would hope that he, he likes the Dodger organization and believes that it's the organization for him. Uh, same thing with Bueller. I mean, they drafted him knowing that he might need Tommy John. He got Tommy John. He rehabbed, came back, and is now you know one of the best pitchers in baseball and one of the best postseason pitchers that we've seen in, re in recent years. So I would hope that they both resign, um, especially if things go the same way they've been going here the next couple of years. But I'll throw a slight nod to Julio for the fact that he's been here longer. And then 
Walker the slight nod because he's not a Boris client and that'll just meet them in the middle. So so long story short, I think they'll both have reasons to resign. Moving on, um, we have a lot of offseason questions, but let's get one about this season still. From Eric M. Herrera, he asks, who gets more at-bats in the postseason? AJ Pollock, Chris Taylor, or Cody Bellinger? And the answer here seems simple. I would say AJ Pollock as of now. I'm, I'm, AJ Pollock will be in left field basically every game as of right now in the postseason. But that's with the caveat that we don't get the AJ Pollock we've seen in the postseason the last two years. Uh, obviously, 2019 is more memorable because he struck out almost every time he came to the plate. And then 2020. He kind of got lost in the shuffle, but he didn't have a good postseason in 2020. He was one of the only players on the team that didn't have like a moment, a home run, you know, a big RBI, a big hit. He was just kind of there, you know, didn't really add too much, didn't really, you didn't notice him too much. I mean, he had, yeah, three for, three for 11 or three for 10. He hit 300 <clears throat> and then ODS. Uh, but then 200 in the NLCS and 167 in the World Series. Only had six at-bats in the World Series. So he progressively lost more playing time as things went on. And that could happen again. You know, obviously, A.J. Pollock has been one of the saviors for the Dodgers this year. Been one of the reasons they've been able to keep up despite all the injuries. <clears throat> but we've also seen him in October twice now where he's <clears throat> really hasn't hasn't stepped up, really hasn't. Uh, been a guy that he had been in the regular season. So I would say Pollock's going to get more at-bats as of right now, but that could change very quickly. Where in terms of Bellinger, yeah, man, it's just going to depend how much they think about defense, how Bellinger comes back off the injured list, how, you know, if, does the haircut really have magic in it? Uh, if he comes off, you know, hitting. It, there's a lot of factors with Bellinger, and I think the first part is how much they value defense. How much they think that the injury is is healed and he can swing the bat well, and you know, here's how many lefties they face too. Because if they face a left-handed pitcher, I don't think he'll be in there right away. I think that they'll find other ways. Which one of those ways would be Chris Taylor? And I don't uh, with Chris Taylor too. I don't expect him to be in the lineup every single day. The other part is that there's Gavin Lux who's been on fire, so he's another one added into the mix. The infield is is set. You know, you got Muncie, Turner, Seager, and Turner. Catcher's going to be Will Smith. Right field's going to be Mookie Betts. The, the two spots that are kind of, I guess, in question would be left field and center field. But as of right now, I don't think left field's a question. A.J. Pollock is a left fielder. So then it's a matter of center field. You got Bellinger. You got Taylor. You got Lux now. Do you trust Lux enough to play in the outfield in a postseason game? I don't know. Do you keep Lux off the bench for a potential left-handed bat later in the game? Uh, you know, if a left-hander is starting, I would imagine that Chris Taylor is going to get the start in center field. If it's a right-hander starting, I still think Belly gets the nod out there in center field, and then they keep Lux off the bench uh, in a pinch-hit situation. So right now, ranking these three, another long story, short question, uh, Pollock, and then Belly, and then Taylor in terms of ABs this postseason. But as we've seen in recent years, Dave Roberts will ride the hot hand, and it'll just matter who's hitting and how, how the matchups go, but that's how I expect it to shake out. All right, I uh, got a few more questions, but going to come back and, and finish those out, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. 
Bet Online, it's back and better than ever as all eyes turn to the gridiron for those teams that are already eliminated. I'm looking at you, Padre fans. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with the new updated site and interface that has more odds, more props, and more contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website on your laptop or mobile device, sign up today, and get a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code NFL100. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. From football, baseball, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Today's episode also brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving people, auto parts lovers online for over 20 years. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. And you can, you know, let, let's harp on the saving money part. There's places where, let's just say, you're looking for a Honda Odyssey fuel pump from a chain store, $353. RockAuto.com, $216. So you can save all that money. They don't have to go to a store. Get it shipped directly to you. So Rock Auto prices are reliable for every customer. Some places will charge you more if you're not a mechanic or from a car dealership. Rock Auto, they don't care where you work or what you do. Everyone's going to get the same low prices. They have everything you need from tail lamps, motor oil, brake parts, even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, let's uh, finish up these questions here. We got one from Ale Kenderson. What is a realistic rotation for next year's team? Right off the bat, you have Walker Bueller and Julio Urias, who will be at least two guys in those rotations because they are not free agents this year. And then you have a lot to figure out the rest, you know, the rest of the rotation. In terms of guys that are already going to be on the team, you have Tony Gonsolin, and then you would have David Price, who theoretically would still be on the team because he's still under contract. Uh, but then, obviously, it goes to Kershaw and Scherzer and what the Dodgers do with them. And honestly, we have no idea at this time. You would imagine that they want to bring back Kershaw because Kershaw should be a Dodger for life. <clears throat> but you never know, I guess. Uh, and then Scherzer, it's just also going to depend on what Scherzer wants, how much he wants, and how much other teams are willing to pay him. I would imagine Scherzer at this stage in his career isn't all about the money in terms of uh, if a bad team, let's just say like the Royals offered him you know, $40 million for a year, and the Dodgers offered him $30 million for a year. I don't know. I think he would stay with the Dodgers. He wants to win. He's he's getting older. He wants to be in the postseason. He wants to try to get more rings before he hangs them up. Uh, but like I said, remains to be seen. UCBA, also part of it. If teams have to spend, then there'll be more money to go around, and some of these lower-budget teams that are good could throw money at Scherzer and, and try to, you know, kind of hire him as a, as a one-year assassin. But in terms of the rotation, you know, you got Bueller, you got Julio. Even if that's your one-two, that's a very strong one-two. Maybe not the best one-two in all of the all of baseball. Very strong one-two. Uh, even if you add Gonsolin to that as your three, that's pretty solid. First three. 
you would imagine that at least one of Kershaw or Scherzer will be back, um, and then you go from there. What you don't know, obviously, is the Trevor Bauer stuff, but um, it seems, you know, from all indications we've seen so far, that he'd be suspended at least one year, um, unless new evidence emerges or other things happen. And then the other part is, even if he's not suspended, you know, the Dodgers willing to keep him in the rotation, keep him on the team. There's a lot to unpack there, and we're not sure of anything. So right now, it's a realistic rotation. I'm going to say they bring them all back. They bring Scherzer back. They bring Kershaw back at a reduced rate. And then you got Scherzer, Walker, Julio, Kershaw, Gonsolin. They go from there. Um Dustin May probably won't be ready till the end of the season, so he's not going to be someone to, to fill your rotation. You know, I guess you know Mitch White, Andre Jackson could fight for a spot, but they'd really have to take a step up in order for that to happen. Um, and the Dodgers could always make a trade or or sign somebody else, but uh, I'm going to say they just run it back, and, and I don't see why they wouldn't. Next question, uh, more off-season questions. From Evil Russian, uh, spelled the way it says on the screen. Or for those of you not, E-V-O-L-R-U-7-7-I-A-N. He said we don't answer his questions. I don't know if that means he thinks we're supposed to reply to him on Twitter with our answers. Or if he doesn't listen to the show. Because I definitely remember us reading that handle a few times. So I'm pretty sure we get to your questions. But if not, uh, you let me know. The biggest question mark this offseason. Starting rotation is one. I think the biggest question mark, though, is Corey Seager. I have no idea what Corey Seager wants. I have no idea what his thought process is. He seems to enjoy Los Angeles, but it, it doesn't seem anything over the top where it's like, oh, yeah, Corey Seager's staying. Like, he loves playing for the Dodgers. I don't feel that. I, I don't feel that, you know, he would give the Dodgers any priority or benefit, honestly. I do think that he's a guy who the age he's at and what he's done so far, he could chase the money. You know, he's already won a World Series. He's been World Series MVP. He's won Rookie of the Year. You know, he's had the accolades. And now he can chase the money if he really wants to. And for me, I don't know. I, I don't think there's that many teams that are planning to spend this offseason, especially um, 250, 300 mil on a potential shortstop. I honestly don't think anyone's getting close to what the Mets gave Lindor last year, which is – yeah, I, that whatever you think about that deal, I, I I don't think that was the right deal for them to make at the time. Uh, but I understand why they did it. Obviously, they had they had to look good for the fans with the new ownership. But yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. You know, the, the Yankees have been linked to Seager a lot. Their shortstop over there, Gleyber Torres, hasn't been great, and 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 apparently Steinbrenner wants Seager, and Seager grew up a Yankee fan, and there's all this stuff linking him to the to the. Yankees, uh, but Yankees haven't really spent like that in a while. So, you know, other than, let, let me rephrase that. They've spent like that, and now they don't really have maybe the means to spend like that, uh, depending how much Seager commands. Uh, but I guess it's a possibility. But I think he's the biggest question mark just because I have no idea. He could stay, and I wouldn't be surprised. He could leave, and I wouldn't be surprised. I would Imagine the Dodgers off from the qualifying offer. He could take that, and I wouldn't be surprised, and rebuild his value, uh, get a new feel for the new CBA once it comes in, and then go from there. Uh, he'll be competing with Story and Correa and Semien on this year's market, so maybe he doesn't want to do that. Maybe he wants to 
you know, stay one more year, run it back, especially if the Dodgers win it all, run it back, um, and, and see what happens. But the Dodgers are, are a little more set there because they could just move Trey Turner over, put Lex at second, and they're, they're in a good spot. The other question mark is the starting rotation, like we just talked about. Not sure what's going to happen with Scherzer, not sure what's going to happen with Kershaw, and not sure what's going to happen with Bauer. So right now you have two full-time starters and Tony Gonsolin kind of set in your rotation next year. But I think those are the two biggest question marks with Seager being the biggest one because, like I said, I have no idea what his thought process is. All right, last question from at Poncho Romo. Would you change anything from the coaching staff for next year? He mentioned the hitting coach. Uh, I don't think that's happening. You know, I know the Dodgers have been uh, frustrating this year. I know it's been a little maddening. Um, I know that it hasn't been as fun as it could be. But as we've said before, that's mostly because, oh, you know, the Dodgers offense has been inconsistent. Yes. But if the Giants were even playing to like 75% of what they were projected to be, the Dodgers are already clinched, already chilling, and waiting for the NLDS, waiting for the wild card winner. Best record in baseball. So I think the Giants obviously has skewed that a little bit because when you look at it at the end of the day, the Dodgers hitting, yes, while it's been a little boomer bust, they're top 10 in baseball on OPS. They are top 10 in baseball in runs scored, uh, top five in baseball in runs scored. They are number four in home runs. They're, they're still a good offensive team. And yes, while individual guys have had their struggles, namely Cody Bellinger, I do think that's unfair to put that on the hitting coach. I think Bellinger couldn't swing a battle offseason, got a late start to spring training, got hurt first week of the season, probably couldn't swing the bat the way he wanted with the broken leg. Uh, came back and then was here for a few weeks, was decent, and then hurt himself again, out another couple weeks, and then came back, and it just kind of piled on from there. So I'm not going to put that on a hitting coach. I would like to see Cody Bellinger play healthy for a year and, and then go from there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to make any changes this offseason unless a coach leaves somewhere, which is very possible. I think they keep everything. Mark Pryor, the, the pitching staff seems to like him. Like I said, hitting-wise, the Dodgers are still a top-10 offense, top-5 offense in runs scored, You know, still an explosive offense in terms of the numbers. Uh, yes, has it been skewed a little bit because they score 14 one game and zero the next game, and that means they're averaging seven runs? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but, hey, they're scoring 14 at one point. Um, so, I, and I think... The injuries have been a big part of it, and and I don't want to make an excuse for the Dodgers coaches, but you know if, if Mookie Betts was healthy all year, realistically, the offense would look a little more different and be a little bit better because he struggled early in the year and wasn't hitting that well, and uh, even then he's only had pockets where he's really been a one of the best hitters in baseball, and then he's had pockets where he's just a, a decent hitter. So. Uh, that's where it sits there. You know, I don't I don't feel like there's a Van Skoyak has as as interesting as a choice as he was for hitting coaches because 
We know he's rebuilt swings, but you're not really rebuilding swings when you're in a hitting coach position necessarily, um, unless it's in the offseason, and that's where a lot of the work gets done. So we'll see what happens there, but I don't, I don't think there's any changes to be made based on what's happening. I think that they need guys to be healthy, and, and that'll kind of change things around. Obviously, we could see that might change. Maybe in the postseason, you know, assuming they make it past the wildcard game, make it to the NRDS, and maybe they just go cold there, and maybe they do decide to make a change. But I don't think so. Uh, I think everything's going to run it back. It's hard to justify doing that, like I said, with top 10 OPS, top five home runs, top five runs scored. It, it's hard to justify the hitting coach on that. Um, and if Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger come in healthy next year, I think they'll be just fine. So that's all the questions we got. Thank you guys for uh, a wide range of questions. You know, I know there's times where we ask for questions and there's only a couple of things going on at the time. And we get a lot of the same questions. But the last two times we've asked for questions, we've gotten a lot of different questions. So I appreciate that. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for making us your first listen in the morning uh, as we are here for you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday. Thank you for supporting. Uh, thank you for subscribing on YouTube if you've already done so. Locked on Dodgers. We are also free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, just search Locked on Dodgers. We are on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. DMs are open on all those accounts. If you have a question, comment, or concern, you can also address those via text or voicemail at 323-863-LOCK or via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. Thanks for making us your first listen, and let's make sure to make Locked On Bets your second listen. Baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Follow Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts.